everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobblehill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, please take a minute to rate our podcast. It will help others find it. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week, we're hearing from our friend Reagan, who talks about her experience with an ACA relapse. Please enjoy. All right, everybody, hi. Um, so I will definitely get to tools, and, um, and I'll read a passage. Well, I'll start by reading a passage. And uh, I found a passage I wanted to read, and then that was before I knew I was supposed to read on the tools. So I'm just going to read the passage, and then um, I'll just somehow work the tools into it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read about relapse. Uh, It's on page 391. In ACA, we have stories of relapse and the importance of getting back to the program if relapse occurs. An ACA relapse always features a reenactment of our role while growing up in a dysfunctional family. We recreate the same fear, self-hate, and abandonment of our childhood. A relapse can take many forms, but all ACA relapses have this central feature. An ACA relapse can bring a return of self-harming behavior. The behavior can include emotional eating, drug use, compulsive sexual relationships, or other harmful behaviors. We can become an aggressive authority figure and emotional persecutor while in relapse. The critical inner parent can return. We may also find ourselves in a controlling relationship without baseline honesty or trust. We can feel used. Relapse in this program can be subtle, gradual, and insidious. While there are different forms of relapse, the setback has the common characteristics of willful willful control, manipulation, dishonesty, and turning away from a higher power. Sometimes a single act can be considered a relapse. At other times, we consider ourselves in relapse and we have engaged in an unhealthy behavior for many months with no honest effort to change our behavior. Some warning signs of relapse can include not talking about things that upset us, keeping secrets, failing to get a sponsor, attending meetings but failing to work the ACA 12 steps, working only the steps of another 12-step program while attending ACA, withdrawing from the fellowship and isolating, replacing our old addiction with another equally destructive one, skipping meetings or quitting meetings, seducing a newcomer, substituting another 12-step group or enlightenment group for this one, or pronouncing ourselves cured. So there's more, but I'll leave it there for now. Um, And let me just, I'm gonna just tell my story and I'm sure that tools will come up. Um, I've been in ACA for about two years, a little under. I came in, um, like a lot of people from other fellowships, I'm in two other fellowships, OA is my fellow, uh, primary fellowship, and then um, DA. And um, I came in July of two summers ago after a relationship ended and I wanted to die. And um, it wasn't even that long of a relationship or that deep of a relationship. I was just incredibly heartbroken, and um, I was very aware right off the bat that my reaction to it was really disproportionate to the relationship and really just like 
insane. I felt crazy. I really wanted to like claw my skin off of my body. I couldn't believe that this person didn't like me. I couldn't believe it wasn't working out. Um, and I couldn't stand being alone with myself all of a sudden. And up until that point, um, dating was never really like that. Like things would end and I was kind of okay with it. And I was always okay. I shouldn't say that. I was frequently okay alone, although it probably would frequently come from a place of isolation, but I was okay with myself, especially after, you know, being in 12 step programs and working all 12 steps. Um, for years. So it was pretty shocking to me um, the way I was feeling after this relationship busted. And I first went to SLAA and I went to many meetings in there and didn't really relate. And a, a fellow who kn knew me and knew my background and knew my family history suggested I come here. And I think this was the first meeting I came to. And when you know we read the laundry list, I was like slapped in the face. Like I related it to, to it so immensely. Um, and I think I bought the red book like the next day and started devouring it on my own and, um, got a sponsor rather quickly because I want, I was like, just like dying on the inside. I, I was so uncomfortable. I was like losing my shit with work. I completely, you know, I didn't have this language at the time, but now that I've been in this room for a while, I was completely abandoning myself. Um, you know, I really hit like a bottom in my other programs because of um, everything that was happening. And so my experience in those fellowships taught me like, you know, I have to get a sponsor. I have to start working the program. And I did get a sponsor right away. I did everything right. I did everything I was supposed to do. I started working the steps. I was going to lots of meetings and um, nothing was really happening. I wasn't recovering. And I think it was just like, I was, it was too early. It was too soon. It was too much, too fast. I was trying to like force a recovery to happen on my timeline so that I could stop feeling what I was feeling. And, um, you know, it doesn't really work like that. And so I, um, it didn't work out with that first sponsor. I ended up getting a fellow traveler and she and I have been working together since, I guess it's been about a year. And that's been way more, you know, modest and slow and kind of like the pace it needs to be. And I'm now in the middle of step four, and this is my third, fourth step. And um, each one has been interesting. Each, each time I do it, I'm like a little bit more willing to go deeper and deeper and peel the onion. But, this, but the ACA's fourth step is special. <laughs> <laughs> it's like very specific and granular, you know? It's like, oh, there's another inventory, and now there's another one. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like really having to go deep with it and um, look at things that like I don't want to look at. And um, it's, you know, it's made me very uncomfortable. And I, I wanted to read, I read a bunch of passages last night trying to figure out what I wanted to read. And I wanted to read the relapse one because I feel like I actually relapse in ACA maybe once a month. <laughs> and I don't really see it until after the fact or until I'm like kind of three quarters of the way through it because... One of, the, one of the things that always tips me off that I'm relapsing is work stuff. Um, I usually end up like acting out a little bit with work or abandoning my work. Um, and I just like in the past couple months was like in the middle of what I now look back and like I was in sort of a bottom with ACA and uh, I was stagnant with my step work. And, I, and that, that's happened a lot with me with my programs is like, I, there's like this cycle where I start to feel sort of like edgy 
Um, I start acting out. I start like spiritually regressing. Everyone in the world sucks. Everyone's so much dumber than me. And, um, and, and then I feel like I, I feel like I can feel all my recovery kind of slipping through my fingertips. And then I realize I haven't touched my steps in a while. And so that happened to me. And I went through this like, you know, couple months of real discomfort and feeling like the shit was hitting the fan in, in, in all areas of my life. And um, I realized that I hadn't touched the step work. And last Tuesday night, I finally had the willingness to do pick up my step four again. And um, I literally set a timer for 15 minutes because that helps me do those like big, big chunks of work. I like breaking it down by setting my timer. And I just did 15 minutes of step work and like it completely changed everything. And um, I woke up the next day feeling like a new person. And, and now I'm kind of like back on a, I have a little bit more mental with my step work, bless you. I did a little bit more last night, although I'm done with the harms inventory. And now, like last night was reading about a new inventory um, that's very on brand for AC and I can't remember the name of it. And so, um, yeah, so ACA, um, when I was asked to qualify, I said yes, because I, you know, I like to do service, and service really helps me in my recovery, but I felt conflicted about doing it. My other two programs, like the, recover, the solution or the recovery, what that looks like in those programs is very specific. I knew what I was going for. I knew what the problem was, and I knew what, this, what the recovery should look like. And um, my recovery in those programs has been very tangible, and um, I don't want to say fast because it's been years, but it was very tangible and, and like relief came pretty quickly. And that hasn't been my experience in ACA. And I want it to be. <laughs> and I want the recovery now. When I hear people who do have the recovery in this program share, I'm like, I want it now. I want to feel better all the time. Um, and um, it's been really slow going for me. But uh, like I started off with my share, I came in around relationships. And so that's kind of what my obsession is, like not in finding one, but like the elusiveness of ACA recovery for me so far has been in the relationship area. I came in because I want a relationship and I'm really, really bad at them. And it's, it's still not happening. And so in my mind, it's like, well, then I'm not recovering. I'm not recovering because I'm in a relationship. And, um, you know, when I hear um, other people share about their recovery, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's happening for me, too. And that's happening for me, too. And that's happening for me, too. So it's easy for me to overlook the ways that I am benefiting from ACA. And um, I'll talk about a few of those ways. Like, one of the ways that's very tangible to me is when I travel. I love to travel. I travel a lot. And um, I remember going on a vacation about a year ago to New Orleans, where I go pretty regularly. And I came back from that vacation, looked back at it, and was like, wow, you, I was so weirdly adventurous and social with strangers, and like, I was the kind of person where if I went somewhere and someone would say, oh, I have a friend that lives there, I'll connect you guys, you can have dinner, I'd be like, yeah, great, gross. And I, <laughs> and I, would, never, I would never reach out to those people, because it was like, what, I'm going to sit there with a stranger and just talk? That's weird. Um, and so... I do that now, like wherever I go, if someone knows someone, they connect me, or I like reach out to you know, companies in other cities for work when I'm there and have like coffee dates with people to make connections. And I remember that trip, I stayed with a stranger who I'd never met, and it wasn't an Airbnb situation, it was like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And you know, I'm in OA, I have an eating disorder, and I'm, I used to be super controlling around my food. 
and I had zero control over my food and I couldn't give a shit. And I, it was like, I was, you know, I was abstinent. I was emotionally sober. And I came away from that trip thinking like, who are you? Like you just rolled with the punches like every day. And it was a blast. And so that's, that is an area, not just travel, but like flexibility and adventurous and letting go of certainty, um, not knowing how things are gonna work out and being okay with it is an area that I've gotten a lot from ACA. Um, and then the other area where I'm seeing a lot of recovery is work. And, um, you know, I came in for like the romantic relationships, but, you know, in hindsight, like relationships in general are problematic for me. And the laundry list, you know, fear of authority figures, I can make anybody and anything my authority. And um, it's still really, really hard for me. It gives me like a, I get like a physical, you know, physical sensations from it. I feel like sort of like weak in my knees and a little sick to my stomach around it. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's getting better, but I have so much awareness around it and I reach out for help. Like today I had to do something with work and I was gonna have to, it was such a simple task, but it feels like someone has authority over me when I do it. And I made a call to a fellow and she sat on the phone with me while I read through this email. Um, and I got like one paragraph in and the person was like super like light and friendly. And I was like, oh, I can hang up. It's going to be fine. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Uh, so, um, you know, I, how much time do I have left? Who's timing me? Is anybody timing me? I'm sort of timing you. Um, you have about three minutes. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't even talk about my background. I'll just like quickly just say that like, you know, like a lot of people, I did grow up in an alcoholic home. By the time I was born, my dad was sober, but he's a dry drunk, zero recovery. He turned into an addict of other things. And, um, you know, my family was like on the outside, we had everything we needed and wanted. So we looked really good, but on like behind closed doors, it was a bit of a shit show. Um, and the volatility and lack of predictability and loneliness, I was always alone, um, is really what I brought with me into my adult life. Um, and that, you know, it makes so much sense when I hear the, the laundry list. But let me just look through these tools and talk about, ooh, let me talk about affirmations. Oh my gosh. I mean, I actually started doing affirmations with my other fellowship, even though it's not a part of that program, but, um, and then I read the whole chapter eight on self-love and you know, learning to reparent ourselves and um, kind of adapted my affirmations after reading that. But um, positive self-talk is just so uncomfortable for me. You know, the inner critical parent is my go-to. Like I, I literally find myself using the exact same words my dad used to say to me, you know, just like complete derision and like, very specific from the 50s and 60s, I'll say something to myself that's like from that era, and I'm like, that's weird. Um, but it's so ingrained in me, and so to do affirmations and say nice things to myself feels so, honestly, it feels really icky, it feels really cheesy, um, it feels very like, you know, Oprah, like late 90s Oprah, and I do it though, and it weirdly is working. Um, it's working in all areas of my life. I have a long way to go in the self-love department, but when it comes to like uh, positive thinking and assuming the best about something instead of <laughs> assuming the worst, it's working in that sense. Like I've just become a much more um, abundance-oriented person than I used to be. Like you know, 
for me, like the world was a shit show and I had to just plow through it. And um, affirmations have really helped me switch off that tape and change it. And I just use like, I mean, I, I do them on my own sometimes, but I actually have found like lots of great YouTube videos. And what I do is while I walk my dogs in the morning for an hour or two, I play, play the videos and listen to them as I walk through Prospect Park in the morning, um, especially first thing in the morning. It's really, really helpful. And then I have a pretty solid spiritual program from my other fellowships. Just about every single day, I, I pray on my knees right when I get up. And then I read um, daily meditation books from that program. I read the big book, um, the AA big book, really regularly. I read this book. I read the big red book um, pretty regularly, too. And then I meditate very imperfectly. And I use guided ones for that, but then I'll also set my timer and do like five minutes of just sitting quietly. And, um, and then there's like a funny affirmation thing that I use, it's an app, where then at the end, it turns the camera on and I have to then look at myself and say, I mean, and like first thing in the morning is like rough. But, <laughs> but it's, like, it's like there's this like giant pot of things that I do, you know, all different like tools that I use that all like help me to feel good throughout the day. Um, and, I don't want to analyze it, you know, or think about it too much because it's so anathema to my, my natural way of thinking, but it's working, so I'm just not going to question it. And, um, yeah, I, you know, like I said, my recovery in this program has not been, like, super, super fast. It's like steering an oil tanker, you know, and I, I know I belong here. Um, I know the steps work. I'm grateful to be back in the momentum of doing step work, and I'm really grateful for, for ACA in my life, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you.